Hello, I'm Will Yeoman and welcome to another episode of The Pod Well Travelled, where today I'm joined by travel editor Stephen Scarfield and travel journalist Moens Johansson. There's a lot to talk about today. Uh, Western Australia's international borders are about to open up in a couple of days from the time of recording this show. Lots to talk about there and of course the, the broader geopolitical landscape um, and all sorts of other things going on. How does it affect our travel? And Moens Johansson is specifically going to talk about how to manage your money while overseas. So gents, welcome to the show. Let's get stuck in. Um, yes, well, I'll get stuck in, you know, because, as you say, from March the 3rd, Western Australia is open for all national and international travel. Um, the first flush of that, of course, the first real drive, the motivation comes with visiting friends and relatives. Mm. You know, there'll be a lot of people, there are a lot of people in Western Australia, keen to get to see, you know, family in Melbourne, Sydney, and overseas, of course, um, which we'll, we'll get to in a moment. But um, we're watching, particularly watching flights loading very fast into systems. We talked last week about the national uh, landscape of that with Qantas and Jetstar getting, they'll be on 40% of pre-COVID levels pretty quickly. So those flights have been coming in and adding to schedules very quickly. But we're also seeing the same with international um, Singapore Airlines is a bit of a standout case in that they were fly they fly they were flying consistently flying freight between uh, Perth and Singapore right through the pandemic. So mm. they although they're obviously not not the full schedule, but they were using passenger planes, which explains why we've just been talking to their some of their bosses, just Moan and I just a second ago actually. And he was Carl Schubert was explaining how they could very quickly just load those flights into systems and sell seats. So that's why we've got 17 weekly flights already in the system from March the 3rd with Singapore Airlines. Um, from March the 27th, that increases to 21 a week um, using both 787s and A350. So a lot of flights going through there. Um, we've also just been talking with Carl about their testing requirements. So Singapore Airlines only requires passengers to have to conform with the testing requirements for their destination. Mm. Moans is just going to Northern Europe and uh, Denmark, where he will uh, arrive, has no requirement for a PCR test Mm. on arrival. So in other words, you can board a it looks like you can board a Singapore Airlines flight here and go right through. Yeah, if you're just transiting through Singapore Airline, or Singapore Airport, then you, that's the, the case according to Carl we spoke to. Um, although if you if you do require a stopover, you will need to apply for the vaccinated travel pass uh, approval uh, through the relevant authorities over there. And then, so just quick, while you're on that subject, what's the current status of proof of vaccination? And just because that seems to be a bit of a moving feast. Yeah, they'll accept the Australian proof of vaccination. Yes, and the, um, just just but, double or triple? Uh, that's a good question, Will. Mm. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to take some advice on that and, and fill that in as we go along. I've, I've got an answer in my head, but I don't want to say it. No, no, myself. absolutely. You need to get it right. Okay, well, we'll get back to that a bit later on. Maybe while Moans is talking, you can just check up on that for us. Just, and just, just for the audience to bear in mind, though, that the mm. um, when you get your... It's not the certificate that we show at a cafe. It is no. the full 
information QR code certificate that yes. you download from international travel. Um, so that's by linking Services WA to your uh, Medicare account and going right through and applying for an international mm. certificate. So they're different things. Moses is showing me his now, including his very intriguing middle name. We all like to know middle names, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, that's a tricky one. That's a very, very fine-looking past with a, a fairly uh, extensive QR code, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge QR code. <laughs> um, if I could, perhaps I could, just for the, the audience benefit, I might just finish off saying that um, Qatar Airways is increasing its three times weekly service to daily from mm. March. Yes, uh, they're using the Airbus Airbus A350, and it's changing up to. Um, a bigger the A the A three fifty one thousand, so they're increasing seat capacity from April one. Emirates is lifting its three times weekly uh, Boeing triple seven service to four times a week from March the twenty seventh, and then daily from May one. I should say that Jeff Thomas, Jeffy Thomas, our aviation editor, has been doing all the work behind the scenes on this, and I'm just because I probably Jeff, you could probably got rig mark of his back as I read all the time. <laughs> he's actually done the hard work on it, so uh, I've never claimed that. Um, on June the 17th, Emirates is replacing the 777 with the A380, mm. which is that's a 517 seat plane. So, you know, we're looking, you know, by mid-year to be pretty well back to full capacity. Um, Malaysia Airlines have got two white Two flights a week, uh, moving to three flights a week on the 22nd of March. Um, Cathay, Cathay Pacific are flying freight, but they're expecting to relaunch passenger flights on June 1. Uh, Air New Zealand increasing its weekly flight to three times a week from April 4. So all around, you know, you can, you can get the picture of everything coming back. Oh, well, this, yeah, sorry, it's going to, go, go on, go on, Mons. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's, I mean... It's pretty exciting to see how quickly it's turned around. I mean, I, I kind of expected expected it to take a little longer before we 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 would see this volume of flights being available. Absolutely. When you consider, and, and we've we've published stories about, for example, the the number of um, Singapore Airlines planes that were parked out of the the plane car park at Alice Springs. And we had pictures of hundreds of planes there lined up. I mean, it's not that long ago. We're seeing, um, you know, we're seeing everybody back in the air. It's pretty amazing that they, they've stored and looked after planes and run planes for all these months. And now we're, we're back to the back to capacity. I know, it's extraordinary. Look, I was just going to jump in and say, I just recalled hearing something yesterday about, um, and you may have mentioned this, and forgive me if you already have, that the... Um, Dubai, they're no longer requiring PCR tests for fully vaccinated passengers. That was just of yesterday. Yeah. That's correct. I, mm. Yeah, I'm just working with with um, Emirates, and I should be up there sort of within a few days myself. Mm, mm. So good timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, you know, really very quickly, we'll be publishing a lot of stories about the experience and the. Um, what it feels like to fly, but also just the procedures and so on and so forth, so that, that the audience really gets to um, understand how you know, how it works now. And it's great too that both you and Moans will have slightly different experiences as well, so you'll be able to cover yeah. it from very different angles. 
Yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, we've done that specifically because Singapore and Dubai are our major hubs. Mm-hmm. Notwithstanding that we're waiting for the direct, the Qantas direct flights to come back. Mm. You know, we'll, you know, the, the, the two two great options will be to go through Dubai and to go through Singapore, and then of course to go through Doha with Qatar. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Now, Moens, can we just quickly talk about your? You've been working on a piece in relation to how to manage your money when you when you're travelling overseas, because there are various ways to go about it, aren't there? Yes, uh, and uh, you know, very timely that is too. Of course, uh, you know, we uh, I've spoken to to uh, some people at the Commonwealth Bank, uh, for example, about uh, what what their recommendations are and, uh, and so on. Uh, and then we explore the, the sort of different options. That are. I mean, it, it basically comes down to to uh, three options. You know, you have your you know traditional debit card, and you have your uh, credit card, and then you have these travel money cards, which are are quite a handy sort of uh, replacement of of carrying lots of foreign currency around. You can basically load uh, up to you know, most of them have at least ten different currencies you can load into the uh, into the card uh, before you leave, or even as you are as you are travelling, or as you need the money, you can go online and, and load more money into to the card, so you can you can perform those cashless transactions that that we all be, have become accustomed to. In, mm. in, uh, uh, so, so there's a, another level of safety there. You know, I think uh, which is which is important, you know, when you're when you're travelling overseas and you're you're out exploring and so on. You've got the, the security of having a card that's got the uh, pin numbers and so on. So uh, if if you were to have your or lose your wallet or have your wallet stolen or whatever the case may be, you know, it, it's nice to know that you have this uh, this extra level of security there and uh, you can uh, you can access. The, the money uh, while you're away, so, but uh, I mean, I guess I guess the uh, the message coming out from from the conversations I've had with a, a couple of uh, different banks and so on is that you know at the end of the day, you know, you need a combination of, of perhaps you know a, a card like the travel money card mm. and your your usual uh, credit or debit card as well. For, for uh, as a as a backup. Yeah, that, I mean that's eminently sensible. Have either of you guys used all of these different types of cards in the past? I have used the travel debit cards mm. uh, before, and and they are a convenient way of, of uh, managing your money. Uh, in particular, if you are in a in a you know you're traveling through different cu- countries with different currencies, uh, rather than than sort of. Uh, Visiting foreign exchange vendors and and worrying about you know am I getting the right exchange rate or the best exchange rate? Um, you're, you're dealing with you know the banks uh, directly and and you're getting the rates the best rates they can they can give you uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, I think we'll um, this is this has prompted you know pretty big shift in being able to use those. I mean, in the past, they have been a bit clunky. I'm mm. not in the past. They've just been kind of loading them and this and that. It's always a separate issue. But if you uh, look, for example, I was, you know, my Westpac accounts, 
you know, it's just got an international card loaded in there. So basically, it's just another account and I can move money into there and just, you know, pay with my phone as I would here. So it becomes part of the, the normal kind of um, set of accounts. Yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I was going to say that, that that's all a lot easier, you know. I mean, they'll, they'll send you a card as well, but you can just use your phone to pay ways. And, uh, and just keep moving money in there when you need to. William, can mm-hmm. I take you back to the question about the Singapore VAX? Absolutely, I, please do. I, I was 95% sure, but that's not good enough. So I'm just, I thought I'm just looking at it. So Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, uh, also Novavax, uh, they accept two doses. Mm. So two dose requirement um, for all the, the vaccines that will be used here in Australia. Not free. So, I mean, do you find it interesting? I'm just let, let's look at it from the, from the opposite perspective. So, we've got international travellers coming into Australia. They only require two doses, whereas the rest of us who are living here actually require three to to gain entry to many venues and so forth. Don't you find that just a little bit inconsistent? Well, you're just trying to be controversial. With I am. <laughs> you, you've, caught, you've, you've caught me out. <laughs> I, I'm just glad to have everyone back. You know. Um, yeah, look, I, I understand what you're saying, and it's particularly it's a strange kind of day when uh, you know children are going to be required to wear masks, and um, we're talking about other places in the world where there's no masks and no mm, vaccines, absolutely, and no um, testing requirements at all. So yeah, we but we we know that we're out of you know we're sort of out of kilter that we have been fortunate, but we're behind in this kind of you know in the progression of this. So, yeah, but it is strange. You'd, you'd expect that the rules, you know, for people residing here even temporarily would be the same. I mean, I understand that. But, uh, you know, I, I think we, we all have to remember that whatever happens today and tomorrow is actually pretty temporary. Exactly. So give six weeks' time, you know, none of us will be a sort of issue. Your six or eight weeks, you know, if it follows the same progression, same curve as other places, then... You know, yeah, it, it will just change very quickly. So whatever we're upset about today may not matter tomorrow. Yeah, we'll have a whole heap of other stuff to be upset about instead, so it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think you're leading me by the nose into this situation in, uh, in Europe, aren't you? Well, well, not necessarily. It's not just about Europe. I, I was, And it's, it would be remiss of us to talk about things that can affect travel. Once we're past the... the uh, we're past the pandemic in terms of its ability to restrict us. We're learning to live with it. We're learning to cope with it, and that's fantastic. But now we're faced with uh, you know extreme weather events that we're experiencing in New South Wales and Queensland. We're we're looking at the uh, the military situation in the Ukraine, and that's probably putting it mildly. And I'm just wondering, just as as a general question to prospective travellers looking to either go interstate or overseas, you know, what what kinds of precautions should they take? I mean, and what should they be thinking about? Well, it, it has, I mean, look, we, we're looking at and some of us are accepting that, you know, weather events are going to be are more prevalent, are going to be more prevalent. But, you know, we've had, over my 20 years as travel editor, you know, we've had volcanoes in Iceland and mm. uh, the Indonesian archipelago and we've had, you know, fires and we've had floods. So, I mean... 
yes, we are looking at a you know, terrible situation with deaths, with the floods in, in Australia. Um, and we have had, you know, all sorts of strategic, um, you know, warlike situations. We've had flights diverted and another problem. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not in any way belittling, belittling either of those situations. But, you know, it is normal for us to, you know, have our radars running as travellers to to be flexible, to have to get around some situations, um, to be wary in other places, and and to change our plans. You know, mm. I mean, obviously, um, no one's going to go to, you know, Queensland to, to those hotspots or New South Wales during during the flood episodes. Um, but also, things do change quickly. I mean, you know, you can look at the fires in Kangaroo Island. And, you know, the, the rehab that's happened quite quickly there. I was just driving through the, the fire spots in Denmark, which have got, you know, green sprouts all over them. Mm. So I think all I'm saying is that things do then come back or change again. So, so I, I, guess, I guess the simple answer is to always keep up to date with the latest travel advice, always. Yeah. And it seems, it seems obvious to say that, but a lot of people actually don't do that. No, it is a job, you know, and I think, you know, particularly, well, a little less now, but, well, it, you know, it becomes the traveller's job to stay informed, mm. which is probably, that is probably a shift. You know, it, it is down to us to know what PCR or RATIC requirements are, to know what entry requirements are. You know, there's, there's a bit less help. That's more complex than it was. And there's a bit less help. And the same with natural disasters. It really is down to us to stay informed. And I do see a lot of organisations using Twitter, for example, as their main feed of information. So mm. if you're, you know, if you're planning to travel somewhere, then you know the first the first flood of any problems or information might be through that source. So. Um, and quite a lot of organisations use Twitter to issue their media releases. Mm. You know, that's how we hear it in a sense that they don't sort of come to us direct, they just release it. That, that is a little bit of an issue. I mean, I think, too, you know, that, that there is that heavy reliance on, on that particular uh, form of, of informing the, yeah. the public or the media about what's happening and it's not everyone that, that uh, has access or wants access to that that's you know, right uh, so you just have to have to you know seek out uh, the best information you can get what, from your trusted news sources I think that's you know. true if you you, you take it right man if, and if you sit and wait for information to come to you um, it probably won't you know you do need to be proactive as a traveller now you need to be proactive you need to be informed you know, what's the, what's the requirement for getting to Singapore? What's the requirement for, in Moan's case, getting to Denmark or for me to Dubai? Um, and, you know, there's, there's, I mean, there's less, we, we always recommend people sit down with a travel agent because they can help to mm. safeguard that. You know, even if you're booking flights, it's not a bad thing to have someone on your side. Um, if things change or, your situation changes or you become COVID positive while you're yeah, away. Yeah, you're sure. It may be helpful to have someone on your side. But um, but you do need sample. And, and just on that, you know, I mean, all these unforeseen things, uh, many of them, you know, happened uh, 
that has happened in the past as well. You know that you know there's been natural disasters that have occurred while we've travelled and so on. Uh, but it just highlights the importance of having travel insurance and a travel insurance uh, that that covers you for the things you need. You know, so you know in these times you need to have some sort of uh, COVID cover mm-hmm. uh, travel policy, uh, so that you know if you uh, contract COVID, you and you have to alter the plans that you're covered for that. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's an interesting point with travel insurance at the moment because everything is changing almost on a daily basis. So, mm. got, as we've discussed before, have got COVID cover in their tickets as part of their ticket price. Um, but, for example, you you basically can't get multi-trip insurance at the moment, obviously because, you know, situations are changing so much. If you're, so if you're planning three holidays, you're going to – I don't think you're going to find multi-insurance that's going to cover them all because um, who, who knows what next month is going to be like sort of thing. So there'll be in individual policies um, for specific destinations. Mm. Um, uh, but I think also, you know, it's fair to say that, you know, if – You'll you'll get travel insurance, but you also might just get caught out somewhere, and you need to you know you need to have enough money on your card that you can stop in a hotel for a few days until you get a negative test sort of thing. So travel at the moment again that'll change, but I think over the next six months with this first for us rash of travel, um, you know you've got to be very aware and tuned in and prepared to you know um, solve a few problems if, if they come at you. Absolutely, which is why it's so valuable for you guys to just get out there and experience that for our readers and listeners. Yeah, and I, look, particularly, you know, I've been, Moses and I have just been talking about this, the situation in Ukraine, you know, he's going through to Denmark, and obviously flights are all routed around those areas. But um, as, as travellers, you know, it's kind of the elephant in the room this morning with the with this episode is that, you know, we, I have, you know, friends in Ukraine, a lot of people that I know who will be very upset in, who are very upset in, in Russia mm. and then the whole situation there. And it is, you know, it's kind of the, it's the point of travel for a lot of us is to know places and meet people and, you know, become attached to places that we travel to. So, it does mean that events like this just, I mean, they hit us harder. I mean, mm. the weekend has been devastating for anyone who knows and has travelled in Ukraine. And of course, which, you know, uh, quite a lot of tours have been going through there and, you know, the ships, the sort of cruises come in and touch those places as well and people come back to Kiev. So lots of our audience will have been to Kiev and know people there and, mm. um, you know, be feeling this in a very personal way, which is, it's, it's tough as an individual, but isn't it wonderful that we're connected to an event, a horrendous event, and I don't need to talk about that. We've all been following the news and we've all got our opinions about that. But how amazing that we are so connected to this thing happening the other side of the world from here in Pleasant Perth. Um, and I think that's the benefit of travellers, that we are invested in that situation. Mm. And mm. it would be so easy to not care what happens elsewhere, but we do. 
It's very well said. It's, it's, it's in that way that the, the re- almost the rest of the planet seems to be rallying whichever side you happen to be on because we're so interconnected. It's just incredible. That's it's, it's, right. and, and that is a, a true benefit of travel is that we care what is happening here today. Mm, mm. No, no, very, very well said indeed. Um, look, guys, look, so much going on, so much has been happening. We, we better leave it there. Don't forget to read Geoffrey Thomas's wonderful uh, column. In, it, is, it is in this Saturday's West Australian. Is that correct, Stephen? Yes, yes, and Moan's report on travel cars. That's in there as well. Fantastic. Any yes. any, any, any other good stuff uh, in coming in over the weekend in, in print? Uh, well, you've got a very good story in there. I've got a bit of stuff. So, yeah, we've, we're pretty busy this weekend. We're also looking forward to um, – we've got a big report on Esperance. Yes. April in Esperance is, is the trick. April is the least windy month in Esperance. And it's a very traditional sort of Easter holiday. Easter's a bit later this year, so it falls right in the middle of April. So we've got, you know, lots of places to say things to do. We've got a big Esperance scene set uh, ready for next month. So with, with apologies to T.S. Eliot, April is not the cruelest month if you're in Esperance, at least. <laughs> no, exactly not. Fantastic. Well, look, thanks again, guys, for joining me on the show. Um, we've certainly got a lot to carry on with for the rest of the day. And now, I should have asked, are either of you going to be around for next week's um, show, or am I going to be calling you from, from goodness knows where? There's a good chance that you'll be calling... Um, where would you be, Mark? Well, <laughs> hold on. What, yeah, yeah. Uh, next week... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, next week, I'll still be here. Next okay. week, I may be away next week. And then the following week, mine will be away, and I may be back. But we'll 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 be able to hook up no matter where yep. you are, which is another you know benefit of this yep. uh, modern Just technology like, we're using. We'll certainly be bringing uh, bringing our stories you know online. We'll be filing while we're away, mm. and uh, you know very regularly talking on the pod here, and uh, not only in print but online at the west west.com.au forward slash travel. Indeed. I think we're also looking for those members of West Travel Club who get e-travel on a Wednesday. Yes. You just sign up for that at westtravelclub.com.au and we'll be bringing a lot of that kind of first flush of the experience of travelling internationally through e-travel as well. Absolutely, yeah. That's a, it's a quite a responsive medium for us, that one, so you're quite right. All right, guys, well, enjoy the rest of your day and indeed the rest of your week and we'll look forward to catching up again no matter where you are next week on the pod Well Travelled. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. 